Thomas's presents Tackling Traffic with Tom. Good morrow. Tis your reminder to savour the morning with Thomas's breakfast. And while you may not be able to control what occurs on your commute, like your horse and buggy popping a wheel and axle on the way to the schoolhouse, you can control what you put atop your soft but crunchy bagel and the toastiness of your English muffin. So do take the time to savour the morning with Thomas's. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Good Tuesday morning. Israel ramping up the pressure on Hamas. Yeah, new at- a wave of attacks underway right now. It's October 31st. This is today. Major escalation. Israeli troops push deeper into Gaza after both Israel and the U.S. reject calls for a ceasefire. This is a time for war. We do not support a ceasefire this time. Overnight, U.S. military bases coming under attack across the region, while families of hostages caught in the crossfire growing more desperate by the day. We are live on the front lines. Fueling hate, the war sparking new protests and an increase in anti-Semitic incidents on college campuses across America. We're seeing swastikas. We're hearing terrible language. Threats also being aimed at Muslim students. The White House now stepping in. Just ahead, what's being done to address the alarming surge. Unfathomable loss. The Friends cast speaking out together for the first time since the death of Matthew Perry. Their touching message honoring their beloved co-star as new details emerge about Perry's final moments. We'll have the very latest. Cold spell. Nearly 120 million Americans waking up to a bone-chilling Halloween forecast. From the southwest all the way up to New England, and in some parts, snow. Al has the details and the impact on your trick-or-treating. All that plus, hear them roar. The Lions pull away late for a big Monday night win over the Raiders, wrapping up week eight in the NFL. And happy Halloween. It's the biggest day of the year on our plaza with a can't-miss costume reveal so big this time, we brought in some added star power. Today, for one morning only, Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. It's Tuesday and not any Tuesday. It is Halloween, one of our favorite holidays around here. Oh, we are so ready. Can't wait. We're going to have a big party out on the plaza. Folks are already dressed up there early. We've got the costume contest. If you can cobble one together in like an hour, you can be in on this too. Uh, so we will get out there and have a yeah. lot of fun mm-hmm. in just a bit. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of news to cover here at the top, and we will begin the, with the war in the Middle East. It's ripple effects as well here in the U.S. Overnight, the Israeli military expanding its ground offensive in Gaza. A U.N. official describing the conditions they are now saying, quote, the scale of the horror people are experiencing is really hard to convey. In the meantime, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is pushing back against calls for a ceasefire, saying it would be, quote, a surrender to Hamas, and it will not happen. And here at home, hate is surging, especially on college campuses. The Biden administration announcing new steps to counter that issue. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is in southern Israel to start off our coverage this morning. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu says there will be no ceasefire. And here in southern Israel, it's clear that for now, there is no ceasefire. 
This is the farthest we can go. That road leads into the Gaza Strip, and all morning we've been seeing a steady flow of Israeli soldiers heading toward the Gaza Strip. This morning, Israeli troops are pushing deeper into Gaza in a war the Israeli government describes as a fight for its survival. Last night, the families of Israeli hostages gathered in Tel Aviv to pressure the government not to forget their loved ones amid the fury to destroy Hamas. But during the protest and vigil, they received word that a hostage had been freed, the first one. Private Ori Magidish was captured from a watchtower and freed by Israeli troops in Gaza Sunday night. Israel says she's doing well medically and has met with her family. But Hamas has 240 more hostages by this morning's count, including dozens of children. And Hamas is taunting Israel with them, releasing a video of three Israeli captives speaking under duress. The woman on the right is Lina Turpanov. We met Neta, a friend of the Turpanov family. She's speaking for them because everyone in the family was killed or kidnapped by Hamas. How do you watch this war and watch all those explosions and not think they might be underground under one of those bombs? We think about it. And we saw that Lena is alive now. And this is the reason why we want her back now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not in a few days. We don't know what's going to happen in Gaza. If she's alive now, and we hope that other family members are also, we want them back. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu under fire for not taking responsibility for being unprepared for Hamas's surprise attack, says there will be no ceasefire, that Israel must retaliate for the killing of 1,400 Israelis. This is a time for war. Israel says it's created a safe zone for Palestinian civilians in southern Gaza. But Israel is continuing airstrikes in the south, too. We filmed inside the Nasser Hospital in Han Yunis right after an Israeli strike on a home. This is southern Gaza, and there's nothing safe about it. Many of the injured are children. One girl appears lifeless, but comes around. Another girl with an oxygen mask at least has her father nearby. Don't be scared. It's not bad, my love. Daddy is with you. It's okay, he tells her. Palestinian civilians are suffering and dying in a war they didn't start, and with Gaza completely sealed off, they can't escape. As to why Palestinians can't leave the Gaza Strip, the only borders out with Israel and Egypt are both closed. And in terms of moving within the Gaza Strip, Israel says that Hamas is preventing people from moving, keeping them in the north. But our teams in the Gaza Strip have seen no evidence of Hamas checkpoints or any Hamas fighters blocking doors or facilities, keeping people where they are. Yeah, in the meantime, Richard, we're seeing a lot of fallout from the war expanding, and there are even some U.S. forces attacked in the region. Tell us what you know about that. Well, we can uh, report from a U.S. Uh, military official with direct knowledge of events that there were multiple attacks on U.S. Uh, facilities in the Middle East in the last 24 hours. No reports of casualties. But this comes just several days after the U.S. responded and attacked Iranian-backed militias who believed responsible for these attacks. And so it seems that even after the U.S. responded, those militia groups are not deterred. So we're having a tit for tat war on the sidelines of this Gaza conflict.
All right, Richard Engel for us there in Israel. Richard, thank you. Here at home, there has been a sharp rise in anti-Semitic threats and incidents since the start of the war, especially on college campuses. The Biden administration is now stepping in and revealing new measures to counter that surge. NBC's Stephanie Gosk joins us from the campus of Columbia University here in New York City, where that story is unfolding. Steph, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. You know, college campuses are supposed to be where the issues of the day are debated. But in the last three weeks, students, faculty and staff say the debate over the Israel-Hamas war has been drowned out by hateful speech, threats and even violence. On college campuses nationwide, Jewish and Muslim students worry the war overseas is fueling hate here at home. I do not feel safe. It's not just me. It's most of the Jews on our college campus. Earlier this month at Columbia University, an Israeli student was allegedly assaulted while posting images of Israeli hostages. A suspect has been charged with a hate crime. These Jewish students say it's just one of many anti-Semitic incidents on campus, and they're calling on school leaders to do more to protect them. Have you felt a change in tone on campus? since the war began. Absolutely. People are being spit on. We're seeing swastikas. Muslim students tell us they're worried, too. The group Columbia Students for Justice in Palestine said they had safety concerns about doing an interview, adding Muslim students have had hijabs ripped off. Students wearing kafiyas are jeered at, photographed and followed. On Monday, the Biden administration unveiled new steps to combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on campuses, including improving coordination between law enforcement agencies and making it easier to file a discrimination complaint. President Biden has been clear. We can't stand by and stand silent in the face of hate. The kind of hate that Cornell University says it is facing after anti-Semitic messages threatening violence were posted online. Campus police now protecting the Center for Jewish Living. But students are rattled. Most of us aren't able to focus on our studies. And it's not just students. The conflict on campuses affecting faculty and staff, too. 70-year-old Erwin Chemerinsky is the dean of UC Berkeley Law School. I've certainly seen anti-Semitic incidents through my life. But I've never seen anything like the last three weeks on my campus. He supports freedom of speech, however hateful, but says the key is how schools respond. We've got to speak out against hate when it occurs. So, Stephanie, what are colleges doing to address this trend? Well, Savannah, here at Columbia, they are asking students to come forward and report these incidents. It was a similar message from Governor New York Governor Kathy Hochul when she visited Cornell yesterday. She told students, if something happens, you have to come forward and tell us about it, and then we can provide support. You know, federal law and in some places, <coughs> state law require public institutions and schools to report hate incidents because that's the only way that they can track what's going on. Savannah? It's very alarming what's happening college campuses. Stephanie, thank you. Let's turn now to good news for the nation's auto industry. General Motors has now reached a tentative deal with the United Auto Workers, the last of Detroit's big three to do so. So this ends an unprecedented strike, clearing the way for the return of nearly 50,000 workers after more than six weeks of picketing and a lot of pressure. So what does this mean for you? Let's welcome in 
NBC's new senior business correspondent, Christine Robbins. First of all, we'd like to welcome you welcome, to the table. Christine. We're so happy to have you here. All happy right, so let's here. talk about this deal. What's in the fine print? So look, they're going to get the pay raises that they wanted, and they're going to get a cost of living adjustment, mm-hmm. something that they had to give up way back in the great financial crisis. Remember when there were the bailouts of the automakers? Uh, these auto workers feel like they've spent the last decade with really stagnant wages and not profiting the way the big companies have. And so now they have gotten these pay increases significant pay increases, really record pay raises for these workers, cost of living increase. Even uh, retirees will have five different 500 payments each to compensate them as well to, you know, for for a, a decade of pretty much stagnant wages. So it basically turns out to be about a 25% pay increase over four and a half years. This is a significant victory for labor. Labor wins. What was the cost to the auto companies here? You know, they'll have to eat this. Now, remember, GM made something like gross profit of 23 billion dollars last year. So this will cost them more. And eventually you could see this increase go into the cost of a car, but then that makes them a little less competitive. So mm-hmm. we'll see big profits for these automakers over the past years. And these workers wanted a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Another issue while we have you here, um, we've got this, what, some are calling it Farmageddon, right? Mm-hmm. Pharmacists, some pharmacists, walking out and not for more pay, for better working conditions. Mm-hmm. What's this about? This is so fascinating. Three days. It's it's spotty around the country. I wouldn't say this is a nationwide trend, not as organized as what you saw from uh, other labor unions. But it's it's saying, look, the conditions for pharmacists and pharmacy, pharmacy technicians is just terrible. Yeah. There are um, a lot of people coming in for vaccines and for flu shots and for a lot more things than we had even five or six years ago. And these pharmacy technicians feel very overworked here. And so they're demanding better working conditions, not better pay, better working conditions. So you might notice in your neighborhood uh, that maybe you're a slowdown at, at your pharmacy uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow if you're at one of these places that's affected. Christine oh. Romans, we are delighted to have you. Yeah, what a pro covering <laughs> business a long, long time, and we're yeah. just so happy to have Thanks, you guys. here. Happy first day of school. Thank happy you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's a Today Show on Halloween. It's exactly. every day is like this. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we move now to a pretty disturbing discovery at a Colorado amusement park. A man armed with guns and explosives was found dead there over the weekend. This happened at the Glenwood Caverns Adventure Park about 40 miles from Aspen. And officials say employees discovered the body of a 20-year-old man in the ladies' restroom as they prepared to open on Saturday. The unidentified suspect died by suicide, but he was found with an AR-style rifle, a handgun, body armor, and explosives, both real and fake. Investigators say they don't know his intentions. The FBI has now joined the investigation. Authorities in Maine are still piecing together the events that led to last week's mass shooting that left 18 people dead. This morning, we're learning that Robert Card's family did reach out to the sheriff's office back in May. They were concerned about his mental health. The sheriff's office contacted officials with Card's Army Reserve Unit, who assured the deputies that they would get him medical attention. Then, just last month, a sheriff's deputy was sent to visit Card's home for a wellness check. A fellow soldier reported that he was afraid Card was going to, quote, do uh, commit a mass shooting. The deputies went to Card's trailer twice, but they couldn't find him. All right. Much more to get to. we got to get Craig in here. What's going on? Good morning. Happy Halloween. Yes. Uh-huh. Savannah. Happy Halloween to you as well. Good morning for all of the trick-or-treaters out there. Likely to be a pretty cold one. 115 million Americans are facing frost and freeze alerts starting today. Mr. Roker is standing by with that all-important Halloween forecast. First, though, NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us from Chicago, where millions will get a, a blast of cold 
and snow to go with that candy. Maggie, good morning to you. I can tell by the hat it's already pretty chilly in the Windy City. Hey, Craig, happy Halloween. Yeah, it definitely is. We're here in Wilmette, Illinois. A lot of people, as you said, waking up to this frighteningly cold forecast, almost as scary as this lawn. And I mean, look at this. These people clearly went all out. As you said, well over 100 million Americans waking up to those frost advisories, those freeze alerts. And we know Al's going to drill down more on this. But some cities hitting from what we're seeing close to 30 degrees below normal here in Wilmette. This is a suburb of Chicago. We're at around 29 degrees already this morning. But the thing that's really throwing people People for a loop. The scariest part of this forecast, as you will, as you point out, is that snow. This would be the first snowfall of the season. We're already seeing it in parts of Michigan and Minnesota. And here in Chicago, we're expecting up to an inch at the most. So just a light dusting. But no one had this on their Halloween bingo card. OK, this is definitely the thing that's really freaking people out on this Halloween. Craig. You know, it's Al and I were just talking yesterday about how, you know, when you have the costume on when you're a kid, and you have to wear the coat kind of stinks. But if you're trying to stay warm while trick or treating, is, is there anything else you can really do besides that? I mean, it's just the worst. Like, nothing helps with that pain, right? Uh, we do have props. So it would be nothing uh, if we didn't. So obviously, the hot hands, this is a good idea if you want to put these inside mittens or inside shoes. Make sure it's not skin to skin for little kids, because that might be a little bit too hot. Also, thermoses, if you want to just bring along some hot cider or some hot cocoa. And then we have some tips to kind of adjust the costume with minimal impact uh, on the aesthetic, if you will. A lot of the best costumes this year, you can hear the decorations talking behind me. Uh, a lot of the best costumes lend themselves to layering, like ghouls, goblins superheroes. If you're going as a princess, remember that Elsa wears capes. And obviously, Barbie had every job on the planet, so you can kind of go with anything there. And of course, guys, we're hearing that hats are clearly all the rage. So just something to keep in mind as you head out. And again, minimal impact because it always hurts to adjust that costume at the last minute. I'll send it back to you. All right, Maggie Vest before us. Maggie, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mr. Roker, what say you, sir? Well, we say instead of boo. (laughs) We are looking at 115 million, as Maggie mentioned, from California, southwest, down through the Gulf, all the way into the northeast and mid-Atlantic states. We're looking at frost advisories, freeze watches, freeze warnings. It feels like 16 in Kansas City, 23 in Chicago, 31 in Dallas, feels like 30 in Buffalo, and This afternoon, temperatures 14 degrees below average for Minneapolis. Same in Detroit, 41 in St. Louis, 55 in Dallas, New York. It's only going to be 50. That's eight degrees cooler than normal. So for tonight, scary cold in the midsection of the country. Spells of scary snow around the Great Lakes. Salem, Massachusetts, 44. It'll be nice. Dangerfield, Texas. Skull Valley, Arizona, 54 degrees. Then that cold air continues tomorrow morning. Expected records from Parkersburg, Nashville, Springfield, all the way to Tulsa, down to Dallas. Highs tomorrow with wind chills. It's going to be a chilly start tomorrow. It's going to feel like 20 degrees in Columbus, 15 in Oklahoma City in the morning, 23 in Atlanta, 33, I should say. It'll feel like 23. And tomorrow, those temperatures anywhere from 10 to 20 degrees below average. So a chilly start. But the good news is temperatures rebound as we get toward the weekend. By Saturday, at 62 in New York City, 65 in Lexington, Little Rock, you'll see a high Saturday of 72 degrees. And that is your latest weather, guys. Hi. I'm just getting so excited about the Mm -hmm. costume change coming up. Mm -hmm. Guys, still ahead this morning, we are hearing from Matthew Perry's co-stars on Friends for the very first time since his sudden death, how they are honoring him. And we're going to have new details on his final hours as the investigation into his death moves forward. Plus, from record spending to spooky vacations, we're going to take a closer look at why the business of Halloween's really booming this year. 
And we'll do it live from one of the most iconic spots of all of them. We're talking about Salem, Massachusetts. But first, this is Today on NBC. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. our best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as get as fresh easy. insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up-to-date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it is on. Everybody's right. Oh, there's Austin Powers. Oh my gosh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Two. Believe. Oh. 7.30 is Halloween at the Plaza. That's Tuesday. People are ready. We are ready for them. We're going to spotlight some of our favorites. we got a little costume contest. A big reveal for us coming up. I can't wait. In just Cannot wait. There's a guy on the Plaza that looks just like Al Roca. Oh, really? really? He's dressed as real. Okay. He's spitting image. So wow. Okay. We'll get outside in just a moment. There, there he is. Oh, yeah. There he is right there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, A-team. Perfect. He yeah. really does. He wow. does. Get outside. That was Al. <laughs> <laughs> like 25 years ago. Uh, first, though, we do have a lot of news to get to in this half hour. We are going to start with the latest on the sudden loss of beloved actor Matthew Perry. Yeah. This morning, officials are releasing new details about the circumstances surrounding his death. And now we're hearing... From his friend's family, NBC's Chloe Malas is here with more. Hi, Chloe. Good morning. Good morning, Hoda. While everyone is still reeling from the shock of Matthew Perry's sudden passing, the cast of Friends is speaking out for the first time, saying that they are utterly devastated by his loss. The cast of Friends coming together again to grieve the sudden loss of their beloved Matthew Perry and issue a joint statement. We were more than just castmates. We are a family. Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, and David Schwimmer writing, There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. The 54-year-old actor was found unresponsive in a hot tub Saturday afternoon at his Pacific Palisades home. Sources familiar telling NBC News that Perry's assistant had left to run an errand and returned to find Perry unresponsive and called 911. The Los Angeles Fire Department said that firefighters removed Perry from the hot tub, but that he was already dead when they arrived. While he will always be remembered for his signature role as Chandler Bing on Friends. Someone at work ate my sandwich. Well, what did the police say? Perry also starred in movies like The Whole Nine Yards, 17 Again, and Fools Rush In, which he once called his best film work. His co-star Salma Hayek posting, I will continue to cherish your silliness, your perseverance, and your lovely heart. Behind that trademark wit and charming smile, there was darkness. 
In his 2022 memoir, Perry opened up about his decades-long battle with drugs and alcohol. But more recently, the sport of pickleball had become an outlet during his recovery journey, according to his friend and former coach. And he brought people to the court that had struggles, um, similar struggles to his own. Just hours before his death, the star had been playing with mutual friends at a nearby country club. Brokenhearted fans have been laying flowers outside his L.A. home. And last night, pop singer Charlie Puth leading his audience in an emotional version of the Friends theme song. Although there have been no reports indicating foul play, the cause of death is being investigated by the LAPD and the L.A. County Medical Examiner's Office. And officials say that they now want to await those toxicology results, which could take about three to four months. So it's going to be a little bit of time before we know exactly what has happened. All right, Chloe. Thank you so much. Well, still ahead this morning, we are going to get you ready for our big Halloween festivities and a can't-miss costume reveal. Uh, And we're not the only ones going big for the holiday. Emily Aketa is in one of the Halloween tourist towns that's drawing record crowds this year. Huh, Emily? Hey there, that's right. Happy Halloween to you. Today, thousands of ghosts, goblins, and ghouls will descend on this small historic city, which is really transformed into a Halloween hotspot, drawing record numbers. Coming up, a look at the Halloween tourism industry, and we've got some creative ways you can get in on the fun, too, all here from Salem, Massachusetts. Stay with us. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs Streaming. Game console. Console. Smart thermostat. Set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the true crime original. We're back coming up on 739 this morning on In-Depth Today. What else? Halloween. Let's go. Many are prepping their candy bowls for trick-or-treaters. Others are hitting the road for some scary holiday chills and thrills. Yeah, and a number of Halloween hotspots are seeing a significant uptick in tourists this year. NBC's Emily Aketa is at one of the most iconic places to be today, Salem, Massachusetts. Hey, Em. Hey, good morning to you guys. Happy Halloween. Halloween in Salem is a bucket list type item with people looking to explore historic sites like this dating back to the 1600s. I've talked to people in nearby Boston, in Ohio, all the way from Venezuela in what has been a historic month for the city of Salem. And Salem isn't alone. More Americans than ever are leaning into the spooky spirit. So it's only right that I join in on the fun, too. This October 31st, witches are swarming the streets of Salem again. I just love the vibe of it. There's no shortage of ghost schools and everything in between, either. The city of Salem, Massachusetts, known for its dark history of witch trials centuries ago, has transformed into a history lover's must-see and one of the Halloween destinations in America. 
with 100,000 plus visitors on a single day and more than a million this month. For a city of 44,000 people, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, it's over 35% more than we had in 2019. A boom for businesses like Black Cat Tours, which just expanded to open a store. It's just wonderful to, to see that on, on people's faces, that moment of, I don't have to be a grown-up anymore, I can be a kid here. Also home to parts of big-screen Halloween hit Hocus Pocus, the city proudly laying claim to the haunted season. But it's not the only spot recording a spike in Halloween tourism. Cities like New Orleans and Las Vegas also seeing a surge compared to a typical fall weekend. Gen Z and millennial prioritize spending on travel and not just travel for those big summer vacations or long weekends, but celebrations of more micro holidays like Halloween. Total Halloween spending is expected to reach monster levels, $12.2 billion, exceeding last year's record of $10.6 billion. Popular Halloween attractions like Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando have been sold out for over a month, according to amusement park app The Touring Plan. The events attract 30 to 35,000 people per night. Social media also driving tourism to Halloween hotspots. Feeds filled with colorful frights in the best decorated neighborhoods, including New York's Sleepy Hollow, home of the Headless Horseman. You're seeing a lot of tourists, you're seeing a lot of decorations, and you're seeing a lot of traffic. Happy Halloween! Back in Salem, officials urging visitors to use public transportation to ease traffic so there's room for everyone to relish in the spooky fun. I'd like to say, if you're going to come to Salem, come by train, come by ferry, come by bike, come by broom. Don't come by car. Come by broom. So, I mean, Emily, if you, if you couldn't travel far this year, what are some other ways that you could get into the spirit other than obviously trick-or-treating? Yeah, Craig, great question. I think people will be surprised by the number of local events in your area you'll come across. Look at firehouses, malls, uh, different local venues, especially if it's raining in your area. Of course, then there's also the option to go for a drive in search of the spookiest, most spectacular Halloween decorations. You can get ideas from social media, check in with your neighbors. And then thirdly, watch a scary movie. It's a classic. You can do so from the comfort of your couch or go to the big screen. Five Nights at Freddy's, I hear, had a massive opening weekend. There are lots of ways to find a thrill. But guys, I think the question of the hour, am I a candy corn? Am I a witch? Or am I a gnome? I'm honestly not quite sure. Today. <laughs> I was a gnome. Honestly, I had carrot. I had carrot. <laughs> you know? I, it's, yeah. a, it's a nice hat. Yeah, it's, it's very nice cute. Hat. You wear it well. Yeah, I love well. it. We like your ambiguous yeah. costume. Yes, Thanks exactly. So She's, it's it's whatever you want her to be. It does look like a carrot. Kind a carrot top. Right. Into okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Whatever it is, yeah. it is. It so is. I really like that. Well, we are also talking about some snow. Hard to believe. We got a low pressure system spinning that snow around the Great Lakes, and it's going to pile up in parts of Michigan. Snow blustery throughout the Great Lakes as that low pressure system brings in some lake effect snow, some showers along the mid Atlantic coast. Those get out of here, especially tomorrow. Scattered snow showers, showers still around the higher terrain in the northeast and parts of New England. Grand Rapids could see upwards of four or five inches of snow before it's all over those locally higher amounts due to lake effect snow bands. Rest of the country, widespread cold. We're looking at a fire risk down south. Also out west with those Santa Ana winds in Southern California. Plenty of sunshine into the Pacific Northwest. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, just ahead, Olympic icon Mary Lou Retton breaking her silence on the health scare that landed her in the ICU for weeks. Her message to fans coming up right after this.
We are back as Carson joins us with new details this morning on the recovery of gymnastics icon Mary Lou Rett. Yeah, they are coming straight from the Olympic icon herself. She's breaking her silence nearly three weeks after her family first revealed she was battling for her life with pneumonia. NBC's Kaylee Hartung has more this morning. Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. We still don't have many details on the specific health challenges she's faced, but the beloved gymnast says she's now home recovering, posting on her own behalf that she's feeling positive and grateful for all the support. After spending more than two weeks in the ICU fighting a rare, life-threatening form of pneumonia, Olympic hero Mary Lou Retton is speaking out for the first time. Writing on social media, I'm beyond blessed to have the opportunity to make this statement. The 4-9 Gymnastics Dynamo, who's now at home recovering, posted on Instagram Monday, I'm with family, continuing to slowly recover, and staying very positive, as I know this recovery is a long and slow process. Earlier this month, her daughter McKenna Kelly, first revealing her mother Mary Lou was fighting for her life and not able to breathe on her own. Less than two weeks ago, Retton's eldest daughter Shayla sharing news of possible complications. And yesterday we had a pretty scary setback. She is still in ICU um, and we're just working through some things. Her family asking the public for donations, explaining that Retton is not insured. Their call was answered, more than 8,000 donors contributing nearly half a million dollars, far surpassing the family's $50,000 goal. Fans continuing to wish her well online. And Mary Lou responding, I am overwhelmed with all the love and support from the world as I fight. I am forever grateful to you all. Mary Lou herself has posted, I know this recovery is a long and slow process. What could that potentially look like? Anytime you've been in the ICU with your lungs battling some type of infection or inflammatory disease, it needs time to heal that scar tissue. And as her lungs recover, she's going to start to feel like herself again. It's been nearly four decades since Mary Lou Retton won gold at the 1984 Olympics, becoming America's sweetheart at just 16 years old. It's always been a lifetime dream for anyone, I think, any athlete to, to be on the Olympic team. Now at 55, Retton is asking for privacy, but says she hopes her story can help others who may face the same battle. And guys, we may learn more about Retton's condition soon. In her post, she also promised when the time is right, she will share more information about her health issues. For now, though, it's certainly good to hear she's on the mend. Guys. Ah, Kaylee, thank you. So glad she's doing better. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. indeed. Guys, we have a lot to live up to with our Halloween extravaganza, but we're going to brew up something pretty magical this year. We've got help from our good friend Kelly Clarkson. You do not want to miss the big reveal straight ahead. Mm-hmm. 